Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. And a very good Saturday morning to you. I'm New York Vinny. This is Drive Time right here on 1150 KKNW Alternative Talk and also on the net at KKNW1150.com and on podcast and around the world. And a very good morning to you in a world that has changed so much since we spoke the last time, hasn't it? I mean, we are just in the strangest of times. I, I mean, I don't remember anything like this. Um, you know, September 11th, uh, 2001, obviously. And for some of you who are older, maybe you remember uh, right after Kennedy was assassinated or after World War II, or during World War II. I mean, those are the times uh, that I can remember when we had things like national emergencies and um, so on and so forth, uh, major events that affected everybody in the country. Uh, we didn't have Facebook and Twitter back then, so uh, I think it's, uh, it's added certainly a different element of uh, spice into the whole mix of what you do during, after, and before a national emergency. And as broadcasters, yes, I am a broadcaster, I still consider it to be um, a duty that we have to inform you, to keep you up to date, to keep you entertained, but to keep you uh, in a place where you know what's going on with fact, not fiction, not rumor-mongering, and not in action. And that's what, for my one hour a week that I have here and any other place that I appear uh, on the radio or on television, uh, is what my credo and my feeling is about uh, this. We, uh, back in 2001, I was with the Mariners when uh, the national emergency of uh, September 11th happened, and we were in Anaheim, and we conducted ourselves accordingly. We tried to get as much fact, as much um, of the information that we could get on whatever angle of the story that we could get to you. From my angle, it was sports. I was with the team down in Anaheim when September 11th happened, and we tried to back on Cairo in the day, uh, bring you as much information as we could and as little rumor as we could sift out. So we really worked our way toward doing that, and that's what we'll do here this morning. It doesn't mean we're not going to entertain you. It doesn't mean we're not going to make you laugh, because out of these times come, I think, times that we're supposed to make you laugh and supposed to make you think and supposed to make a lot of these different things, emotions, come alive, because this is a very emotional time for people. People don't know what's around the corner. And when you don't know what's around the corner, it's very scary. So um, we will do that this morning. We have uh, a fairly regular show queued up for you. Coming up at about 8.15 this morning, uh, we will talk to our good friend Jeff Zershmeed. You may remember him from uh, two weeks ago. We didn't have a show last week. We had te technical difficulties. Couldn't get the show together. So to get on the air. We were in a spot where we just couldn't get any kind of signal out of uh, Central Oregon, and we were just stuck there. So uh, I apologize to you for that. Uh, but Jeff Zerschmidt is going to join us. He completed uh, that Alcan race that we were talking to him about two weeks ago, and we'll get his thoughts on that and also about a few other things, automotive as well. Uh, that'll be coming up uh, at uh, in the second segment of the show this morning. We have a, a review for you of the Honda Ridgeline pickup truck. And if you're in the market for a pickup truck, you may want to hang on. You may want to listen to this review because there's a truck out there that you're probably not looking at if you're in a market for a smaller pickup truck that isn't for everybody. But if it's for you, if this is, um, you know, if you're in the market for that kind of pickup truck, you're going to want to be listening to the review of the Honda Ridgeline. We have our car song of the week for you as well, uh, our cartoon of the week. and We picked out a very special one uh, this week for a very special reason. 
So we'll get to that as well a little later in the show. Uh, It is amazing to me the number of venues, the number of things uh, that are closing down because of this. I know it's necessary. I know there are people that think it's overkill. I mean, imagine we don't have a basketball season. We don't have a college basketball playoff. We don't have a baseball season that's going to start on time. All our large public gatherings have been taken away from us. I don't even know with the car calendar here of what is happening and what is not happening. I know that uh, I keep an eye on things, but the best thing you can do, I think, is to call right now anywhere you're going to go ahead of time and find out if, in fact, the event is happening. Whether you're going to an event for 100 people or 1,000 people, call before you go. Uh, The prospect of the St. Paddy's Day parades being canceled in New York. I mean, I think you have to, maybe you don't, maybe you don't. But I think you do have to uh, at least have a connection to New York to understand how huge it is that the St. Patrick's Day parade is not going to go on. I mean, that's unheard of. I mean, if there's any event in New York that you can look at and say, well, this isn't going to happen, the St. Paddy's Day parade would be the one I would put at the, at the bottom of the list of things that you don't think are going to happen because it's just such an institution. It has such political pull in the city of New York. I mean, it's basically, you know, the, uh, the, the Catholic Archdiocese of New York runs New York City, half for many years, will as long into the future. And so it, it really must be, if, if that doesn't tell you that there's something serious going on here, I don't think anything will. Because that's, that's where we sit right now. And it's pretty easy to say, all oh, these people don't know they're scaring you, they're doing this, they're doing that. But when guys like Dr. Anthony Fauci come out and say that something is going on, when people of that caliber come out, guys that are uh, uh, presidential medal of freedom winners, uh, people that are studied in these kinds of things, come out and say that you should stay home, uh, that you shouldn't go out in the crowds, that you shouldn't do this. Now, obviously, you hear that I have... um, that my voice and my breathing isn't the same as it was five years ago before I was uh, before I spent my time in a hospital before I was in a coma. Uh, my breathing system was damaged, and so for me, I'm right in that vulnerable group. And so for me. Um, I'm going the whole nine yards. I mean, I'm doing everything I can. I know that I I have one bad habit that I've been trying to break of rubbing my eyes. And so every time I rub my eyes, I pick up um, one of these handy wipe. Oh, no. (laughs) Wrong one. Uh, I pick up one of these. (laughs) Well, listen, you got to take care of things at both ends, don't you? Um... And, you know, and wipe my hands down right away. I carry them with me. I'm not embarrassed. Carry them, wipe your hands down, and make sure that you are not spreading this disease. It's no embarrassment to carry, to carry uh, these things with you and make sure that you're, um, that you're on the stick with this stuff. So what do you do? I guess, you, you know, you sit home. I mean, I guess some racing is still going on. From what I understand, you uh, you know, if I were the Mariners, I'd probably replay some old games or I would try to figure something out uh, because it's certainly not going to be going to the ball game for the next uh, month or so. And hopefully, if we're all diligent, this will all pass over soon. I'll be able to go out. I mean, they've canceled. So far, they've canceled the New York Auto Show. So far, they've canceled opening day. The New York Auto Show is like uh, is equivalent to opening day in the automotive field, where you go out and you see all these cars 
uh, being previewed and get to talk to people about them. The next event that I see that we'll be able to go to to do looks like it will be the Detroit Auto Show in June. I don't know that we're going to get much uh, remote stuff in before that. Now, I was hoping to be able to go out to Triple X Rupier uh, to do a remote, hoping to also be able to go out to a couple of other different places to do remotes and come out and meet you and so on and so forth. And I promise you that we will do that as soon as we possibly can. Uh, as soon as, uh, you know, officials, health officials say that it's safe to do that kind of thing, uh, we will be out there. We will do it. But even at the radio station uh, where this show comes from, uh, 1150 KKNW over in Bellevue, uh, they have everybody going home. They don't have many people, if anybody, coming into work. Uh, we have our regular producer, Michael, who uh, is in my age group, and uh, he's been told basically um, to stay home and don't come out. Somebody doesn't know that they're not supposed to call me this time. Um, so we're, uh, you know, we're living in a different world. We're living in a world now of of don't touch, uh, don't hug, don't. Uh, have close contact with people. And that's sad because I think we all need contact with people. So we have to do it by voice. We have to do it by show. We have to do it at any means possible that we don't spread different diseases to each other. Although, I saw a cartoon earlier in the week that made me laugh. It was uh, a picture of the bathroom of CBGB's, probably in the late 70s a place that I used to go a lot uh, for concerts and shows, and I used to work down uh, the Lower East Side, the East Village at the time, so I've been to the men's room in there many times, and it was horrible. One of the most disgusting things in the world uh, that you'd ever want to see, but there was a big, uh, I guess, Photoshop sign on the door that said, if you live through this, uh, there's no disease that can kill you. And it'd be nice to uh, to believe that, but I think, again, everything you can do to keep yourself uh, uh, clean and um, be able to stay away from germs. Uh, and not, and, and again, the biggest thing is, folks, when you get a story, check the source, check where it's coming from. Check where, don't just because you, you see it on Facebook or on Twitter, because there's a lot of people trying to divide us right now. There's a lot of people trying to, um, you know, put stuff in our minds that really isn't true. And I, I, I beg of you, please, look at where the stuff is coming from before you post it. Look at where stuff is coming from before you believe it. Look at where stuff is coming from. Do what anybody should do if you have the time, because it appears now you have the time. Check where it's coming from. Make a decision for yourself whether you think that's true or not true, and proceed accordingly. Because, again, there are a lot of people out there right now that are trying to split us in half, or in quarters, or in any denominations that they figure that they can get away with. And I still believe that us, our people in this country, the United States of America, I think we're smarter than that. Now, it's not about being smart. It's about not being lazy. It's about checking things. It's about looking a little further than just what you see on your Internet screen. And it's about believing in each other because I think people are, are good people, basically. I've seen a lot of it the last few days and hopefully will continue to see it. Right. When we come back, Jeff Zershmeed will join us. Jeff just did the Alcan rally race up uh, from Seattle to the North uh, the Arctic Circle and back again. We'll talk to him about his experience. Thank you so much for spending time with me this morning. It's lonely in this room all by myself. I'm New York Vinny. This is Drive Time on 1150 KKNW. Could be the most expensive night of your life. 
Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. If you're searching for that perfect gift for the college-bound kid in your life, the Car Care Council suggests putting together a roadside emergency kit. An inexpensive roadside kit is easy to assemble and could be extremely useful, maybe even a lifesaver in the event of an emergency. Of course, it's always a good idea to be prepared for the unexpected while on the road, but the best option is to avoid breakdowns and car trouble wherever possible. Performing basic maintenance and observing a regular service schedule can help avoid unforeseen road emergencies. Roadside emergency items can fit into a small duffel bag or rubber storage tote and include the following. Jumper cables, emergency flares, flashlight and batteries, blankets and extra clothes, non-perishable snacks and bottled water, first aid kit including essential medications, portable USB charger to keep the cell phone running even if the car isn't, ice scraper, snow brush, and small shovel for winter driving. And finally, keep a copy of the Car Care Guide available free of charge at carcare.org. Visit the Car Care Council's website to access a number of tips and resources for vehicle maintenance, including a free custom service schedule. Hey, it's New York Vinny here this morning for my good friends at Menashe & Sons Jewelers in West Seattle. There are tons of jewelry stores out there, and I know you're probably not thinking about jewels and jewelry at this time of year, but the weddings are going to continue, and everything is, life is going to go on after this is all over, so maybe this is the time you should be taking the time to go to your local real retailer instead of the malls and checking in with Josh and Jack and everybody at Menashe Jewelers in West Seattle. If you're looking for that special engagement ring, that wedding ring, uh, that certain piece of jewelry that's going to say something special to somebody, then Menashe and my friends there at Menashe Jewelers is where you should be going. Whether you don't know what you want and you have to really consult with somebody or you know exactly what you want, you want to have it designed, custom designed and custom built for you, Menashe Jewelers will take care of business for you. Their designers have years of experience in crafting jewels, making your dream a reality. They did it for me. Uh, they've done wedding rings for me and did great, great work. My ex-mother-in-law even liked the rings that they were doing. That's how good they were. Uh, they're in West Seattle. They're also a full-service jeweler. If you need an appraisal, you're looking to sell something, maybe looking at adding to your jewelry box, Menashe & Sons has a wide selection of estate jewelry, the biggest in the Northwest, all in one place. They also do expert repairs. If it's broke, don't fix it until you come to Menashe & Sons in the heart of West Seattle, 4532 California, Southwest, near the junction online at MenasheJewelers.com, on the web, and on Instagram at Menashe Jewelers. The experience is worth the trip to West Seattle. Wherever you go, Alternative Talk 1150 is here for you. Back with you on Drive Time Radio, New York Vinny hanging out with you live on KKNW 1150 Alternative Talk and on the... Uh, the intranet here, the big WWW, live on Facebook. We get a chance now to spend a few minutes with a good friend of mine. Uh, we spoke to him a couple of weeks ago, and he was in his GMC pickup truck, him and his team, uh, motoring toward the North Pole this time of year. Why would anybody want to motor toward the North Pole? But Jeff Zerschmied did. He got there. We'll find out where he finished coming up here. Jeff, good morning. How are you? Hey, I'm great, Vinny. Uh, we're uh, we're just uh, we're back. We've been back about a week, um, and uh, and we had kind of what I would I would call one of the most ultimate extreme adventures you could possibly have um, in a car, and uh, it was uh, it was magical up there as it always is. Well, you're, you're an extreme guy, so how would you describe <laughs> it as an extreme adventure in a car, as, as compared to some of the others that you've had, which have been wide and varied? 
Well, yeah, I like to go places and, and, and see things, get a little bit off the beaten track. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, going up to the far north in winter, uh, I experienced uh, 40 below temperatures, ice and snow. Um, we, uh, we, got, uh, we had some amazing adventures with wonderful people along the way. Uh, you know, we run into some challenges, and, and uh, as my teammate Paul Duchesne, also a friend of ours, um, said, I uh, said, you know, when you're when you when you live in the far north, uh, the the uh, the value of doing what you say you're going to do uh, becomes much more important. And so people are just tend to be really solid and reliable up there because if you're not, you won't survive. And so, uh, you know, for example, we ran we ran short of. Uh, diesel exhaust fluid because our gmc sierra that we drove up there was a diesel um had the new three liter inline six diesel engine which was great uh but we didn't reckon with increased use of the diesel exhaust fluid when we got up into the into the serious cold and so we ran short and up in dawson yukon um it was we were there on a sunday everything's closed we ran into a guy True, true, true story. We ran into a guy in a bar who said, "Oh, I got a buddy who has some of that," and and he left the bar, walked over to his buddy's house, got a big jug of, of this fluid for us, came back, wouldn't even take any money. Um, so you know that was that was one adventure we had. Another time, the road got closed when we were in the Arctic, um, and uh, there was a blizzard, and so we all ended up piling into this tiny motel in a town called Fort McPherson. Northwest Territories, and uh, they just said, yeah, you know, sleep wherever, sleep on the floor, sleep in the hallway, do whatever you need to do, and uh, we walked next door to the grocery store, got some groceries, cooked ourselves a big potluck dinner, and there was all these people there. There were guys who were working on the roads and and stuff like that, not just people who were on the rally, and we all just had a big party because you're stuck, it's 20 below outside, what are you going to do? And that's the, uh, you asked, why would anybody do this? That's the reason, to have those adventures. Well, you know, you kind of led me into my next question. I know when I watch, like, Baja California and a lot of these other races, there's people on the side of the road. They're in every curve. Uh, They're cheering you on. There's that rush of, you know, these lines of people uh, that are out there. You see the Tour de France when they run on the bicycles and so on and so forth. There's just that energy uh, that you get off of the crowd, I would suspect that there's that kind of energy in a race like this, but I don't suspect there's people sit, standing out in <laughs> 25 below wait for you to come around a curve, is there? No, not not usually. Uh, you know, people people in the towns, they, they know the rally is coming. And so, like, when you get to the end of the day and you're in the restaurant or the bar or the hotel, it's, it's pretty hopping and people show up and want to talk to you and, when you stop for gas, uh, you know, people see all the, the, the decals on your car and ask what you're doing. Uh, so we talk to a lot of different people um, while we're on the way. But uh, standing out on the curves, now we have a, we have a lot more of, of it's 200 miles to the next town, and there's nothing in between. Um, How do you get but, your energy to do that? I mean, does it come from, I, I mean, obviously you're drinking a lot of coffee, obviously, that you know, that kind of thing is going on. But I know when you're, even just driving up the freeway to like the, from California to Oregon, it takes a certain amount of energy to keep going. Uh, when you're in that type of situation, is it the competitiveness? Is it the camaraderie? Uh, is it the goal? What what gives you the impetus to keep going in something like that? You know, it's it's all of that stuff. You got to choose your your teammates very carefully. And and I had two of my best friends in the truck with me, so we had, and all of us are great storytellers so we uh we we told stories we had good playlists we um the the gmc includes a 120 volt outlet in the dashboard and 12 volt outlets and so i got one of those aero press things so we could make coffee along the way in the truck and uh you know and and it's also the goal right it's it's the we were going to get to the arctic ocean and no matter what and uh and and we wanted to do that and so we that that pushes you on that uh, you know the, that goal of getting there and, and being that and and the rally you know we were doing okay in the rally um, but uh, but we weren't in contention to win or anything and uh, so the rally is is fun to do but uh, but kind of secondary 
Um, and the other thing that really made it possible, and I, I cannot emphasize this enough, is having the right vehicle. There were people on the rally who had to turn back because they got up into the far north and their, their cars just were not up to it. And we had that GMC Sierra with the diesel engine, and and we had uh, we, we put uh, Nokian studded snow tires on it, Hakapolita LT3s. It's their new light truck um, studded snow tire, and uh, and it's great. Um, it was uh, they it really dug in whether we were on ice or packed snow or whatever, and uh, and so we were comfortable, we were safe, we were reliable getting up there. And the last thing you want is to be 100 miles from anywhere and to uh, to have your vehicle break down or get stuck. Yeah, tell me a little bit more about the GMC uh, pickup uh, that you took up there, because it's a brand new GMC, and uh, from what I understand, when following your posts on Facebook, you guys really enjoyed that truck. Oh, it's great. You know, um, it was the, uh, they have a, a new 84 trim that's sort of the off-road, ruggedized thing. It's got a two-inch lift on it. It's got skid plates underneath, which are huge in, in, in the far north because, uh, I, you know, you know, you've lived in cold climates. Ice and snow will get packed up in there just from driving. And uh, so you want to have some shielding to keep all the yuck from getting up, on, up around the engine. Um, the other thing about the AT4 is it comes with this automatic mode in the four-wheel drive. Now, most trucks, when you push them into four-wheel drive, it turns off all your traction and stability control because it assumes you're going to be crawling over rocks or something, right? But with the automatic mode, it behaves more like all-wheel drive in an SUV. So um, you keep your stability control, you keep your traction control, you're getting power to all four wheels, and it's just perfect when you're in ice and snow. Um, we were we were as, as capable and nimble as any of the Subarus, or other uh, all-wheel drive cars and SUVs on the uh, on the rally, and and so that was really important. Um, and uh, and then and then the interior comfort. This AT4 that we had heated seats all the way around. Even the guy in the back seat had heated seats, and uh, and we had a heated steering wheel. We had all the the navigation, which worked great up there. Satellite radio, not so much. You lose signal. About about the time you cross the Arctic Circle, um, but uh, but the navigation, the GPS navigation worked great the whole way up, and uh, you know so we were we were really quite comfortable. Probably good to be able to sing to each other uh, at, at at that point. Now, with all of this uh, new equipment, all this great stuff that was given to you by, uh, I believe it was it was. Lit- uh, GM let you use that stuff. Correct me if I'm yeah, wrong. They did. Yeah, um, they loaned us the truck. Yet it was a uh, kind of a car that you might not have expected, but yet one of our all-time favorite cars that actually won this thing, huh? Right. Yeah, the winning car uh, was uh, was driven by my friends Garth Ankeny and uh, Russ Crushar, and it was a 1973 Ford Capri. If you remember those little two-door coupes that they had. And, and Oh, yeah, I love those cars, a little like mini Mustang. Yeah, it was like a mini Mustang, exactly. And, and Garth built it up for the rally with uh, limited slip differential because it was only a rear-wheel drive car. And rally lights, and, and he had a big red LED light bar across the roof rack so that people like us in the big truck could see his brake lights no matter what was happening. And, uh, and, and they, not only did they make it all the way to the Arctic Ocean and back in that car, they, uh, they won the competitive portion of the rally, um, which is, uh, it's a time speed distance competition. It's about driving accurately, not driving fast. So it's not really a race. Um, and, uh, you do it in segments. So each day you get up, run a rally segment, and then, and then you have like 500 miles to go to the next night stop. Um, but they they won it. They 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 did a fantastic job, and uh, can't say enough about those two guys. They are they are serious champions. So a, a final question for you, Jeff Jeff Zershmeed, my good friend, with us uh, talking about the Alcan Rally. I'm sitting around in my living room. I'm talking to uh, one of my uh, roommates, and last night, and I'm telling him I'm going to have you on. Say, well, why don't we do that next year? Um, is it for the faint of heart 
uh, is this for a, a couch potato, or is there a certain amount of um, training that, that needs to be done before you do this? Um, you don't need so much physical training, but what you really need to have is the right equipment. Um, the next rally, uh, they, they go every two years, and the next one will be in the summertime, and then there's four years from now there will be another winter one. Um, but uh, you got to have the right gear because uh, without the right gear, you'll you'll find yourself stuck by the side of the road with a tow truck coming 200 miles to pick you up. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's you got to have you got to have the, the vehicle that'll make it. You got to equip that vehicle with the right stuff, especially in winter. I mean, we carried a ton of safety gear, extra warm clothing, um, all that. Uh, you know, in case we did end up finding ourselves trying to change a tire, for example, which we didn't have to do. The Nokians were great. Ran over everything, did not have to touch the tires the entire trip. Um, but, you know, some people uh, have popped tires, they've broken rims. Um, there's a lot of stuff that can happen. So you got to have all of your, you got to have all your stuff in order to survive just in case. Well, well, it sounds like something that uh, I'll think about before I try it. But if I, if I, decide to do it i'm going to follow you Vinny. give me a call we'll get you set up if you want to go on this next time and you can folks anybody can find out more about this at alcan5000.com so it's alcan a-l-c-a-n five triple zero dot com jeff it's always good to talk to you man i will see you uh, i am sure very well who knows when i'll see you but i'll see you sometime yeah. soon all right, we'll talk soon. Have a great day, Vinny. All right, that's Jeff Zershmi, a good fellow, a good friend of mine uh, from down in Oregon. He, he does a little bit of everything, Jeff. He's an author. You can see his stuff. Uh, he writes books about cars, about religious pilgrimage, and so many different things. And uh, it's just an all-around good guy. This year, he took part in that rally, and, and I'm tempted uh, to try. I might try the summer, though, instead of the winter. But I don't know. I hit a mosquitoes or yo big up in Alaska. So I, I don't know. you got to have the right bug repellent, and you have to have the right roommates in the car. Can you imagine taking a car trip like that with two people that you don't like? Oh, man. Speaking about car trips, when we come back, we'll have our cartoon of the week uh, right here on Drive Time Radio on 1150 KKNW. No matter how you say it, Cruce con la verde, en el medio pierde. It always means the same thing. Atravesate soltanto al segnale verde, ma en el mezzo della strada. Cross at the green, not in between. Geht arriba de gas, norden wenn es green, nicht ergeht zwischen den mitten vom block. It means cross at the corner, never in the middle of the block. Don't walk until the light turns green. Always cross at corners where motorists expect you and where you can see them. Cross at the green, not in between. In any language, it's a way of life. Don't cross the street in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle of the block. Don't cross the street in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle of the block. Use your eyes to look up. Use your ears to hear. Walk up to the corner when the coast is clear. And wait, and wait, until you see the light turn green. Don't cross the street in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle of the block. Don't cross the street in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle of the block. Conversation you won't find on the rest of the dial. Alternative Talk 1150. Right back with you here on Drive Time Radio. I'm New York Vinny. We are live and in living color here, coming to you out of the city of Seattle. Coming up, we will take a look at our Drive Time Road Test Vehicle of the Week. A lot of fun as we take a ride in the Honda Ridgeline pickup truck. But right now it's time for uh, a segment that I've grown to love. We get a lot of great email about this segment. If you want to email me, you can always do that at uh, uh, Vinny, V-I-N-N-I-E, at drivetime-radio.com. Go to our website at drivetime-radio.com, or consequently, you can always go to our Facebook page where I put up different stuff throughout the uh, week 
about different events that are going on, different things that are happening, different pieces of automotive news, and you can get that at um, at uh, uh, Drive Time Radio and TV. I also do these great little uh, videos of different things about cars. Last week I did one on uh, the burnt-out forests and how they're rebuilding those, so uh, hopefully you'll uh, check those out. But anyway, our cartoon of the week, this one... Uh, comes from a probably a long ago album. Uh, let me give you a little quick backstory here. Yesterday was my sister Marianne's birthday. Uh, my sister Marianne, uh, I, I would not be alive without her. Uh, it's just that simple. She saved my life when I was in the hospital. Uh, she has been a godsend to me my whole entire life. She's been getting me out of trouble, getting me out of jams, helping me along. I've I've never really been able to pay her back properly, so I hope that today um, I would, at least in some small way, um, pay her back, or at least, um, you know, make her feel special on her birthday, which was yesterday. I know she went out to the House of Prime Rib in San Francisco to enjoy a good meal, uh, but today I wanted her to enjoy a good song, so I delved into the Tom Petty songbook. Uh, to find a song, actually there's a couple of songs by Tom about cars. Uh, This one is something I've been encouraging my sister Marianne to do for a long time, and that is to get a new car. Here's Tom Petty on our Cartoon of the Week. There you go, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Mary's new car uh, from boy, way back in the early part of their career. And it's such a great song about how it feels when you get that first new car. I mean, you remember, you got that first car, you come down the corner, you pick everybody up, you got stuff about 20 people into, well, back when you could stuff a bunch of people into the car and go cruising to the drive-in or this, that, or the other place. But anyway, that one goes out to my sister, Marianne, who is um, celebrating a birthday. Happy birthday, Marianne. And I'm so glad that we're uh, here to celebrate our birthdays uh, together at this point in the world, even though, uh, like I say, we're, uh, you know, we talk every day or almost every day by phone. Uh, couldn't be down there for your birthday, but uh, next year. We'll do, we'll do it next year. By the way, speaking about drive-ins, I just want to mention this before we go to break. One of the really cool things up here in Seattle that I thought was happening, I tried to get them on for this morning's show but never heard back from, but the folks uh, that are running Canlis, uh, the, the brothers that run the restaurant Canlis, which is arguably the best restaurant in town, I know some people will say it's this one or that one, but for my money, uh, my heart still belongs to Canlis. I mean, I've been around Seattle for a while, and it's really this incredible restaurant that's up over uh, an overlook, and it's got an incredible view of Seattle, and not downtown, but you look out on... uh, on Portage Bay and and see the the boats coming in and out, you know, Washington Bridge and everything, and it's gorgeous and it's expensive, and it's the place to go on, you know, prom nights and dates and, uh, you know, entertaining people when you want to show them something special. Well, to adopt with the times, they announced that they're turning this, like, four-star restaurant into a drive-thru starting Monday, uh, you'll be able to drive through and pick up bagels and coffee. You'll be able to drive through and pick up lunch. They're going to make sandwiches and soup, I guess, so you can drive by and pick up and have lunch. Or number three, uh, dinner delivery. So they're going to make their famous canless dinners, but they're going to pack them up to go so you can come up, drive through, and um, pick up your dinner and take it home, or they will deliver your dinner. Uh, You know what? That, to me, is some smart thinking. If you own a restaurant, you want to keep people working, you don't want to fire your staff, what do you do? You go out and you do something like this, canless. I'll tell you what, as I wrote in my Facebook post on this, if the Romans thought like this, we'd all be wearing togas and speaking Latin. All right, it's drive time coming up. We have the Honda Passport, not the Honda Passport, excuse me, the Honda Pickup Truck Review for you. Coming up right here on Drive Time, I'm New York, Vinny 1150 KKNW. Menashe Jewelers. I 
been telling you about him now. They've been an advertiser on this show for uh, almost since the beginning. And the reason that they advertise on this show is because I trust them to do good work. I don't take any advertisers on this show that I know I can't send you to. Because, listen, this is a group of people that we have here uh, that are friends, that are supportive of each other, um, that are people that that we could recommend people we know to do things to each other, uh, with each other. And you're not going to worry about, oh, did I do the right thing? Did I send this guy to the right person? Are they going to rip him off? Are they going to give him what they want? Are they going to be satisfied? Well, the folks at uh, Menashe Jewelers over in West Seattle, who I've known for years, Josh, his dad, uh, sisters, the whole family, they do the right thing. I'm not afraid to send you in there to get a ring, to get um, a bracelet, to get whatever you need in any kind of jewelry, to get it appraised, that they're going to be honest with you and tell you the honest thing to do with that particular piece of jewelry or antique or coin or sports memorabilia. This is what they do, and they have done it for so long now, 47 years, because they're honest and they're straight up with people. If Jack Menashe tells you this is worth this, then that's what it's worth. He's not the kind of, he's not looking to take you for an extra dollar. He's not like the guys on TV and it's like a reality show or something like that. No, no. It's a neighborhood business that's been there for many years. It's the place that when you go to the mall and you shop in the mall and then you come back and you say to yourself, all right, now where should I really be shopping for this piece of jewelry? This is where you go because A, you get a great deal. B, you get great quality. C, you get somebody who listen to you. Listen to you. And that's so important these days. Whether you're looking for a wedding ring, a necklace, an ID bracelet, a watch, old jewelry, new jewelry, certain types of period jewelry, go in and see Jack, go in and see Josh, go in and see my friends at Menashe Jewels, even if you have a repair They'll look at it, they'll do the best they can do to repair it right for you and get it back to you in great shape, better than new condition, and at a price that everybody is walking out smiling. Menashe Jewelry's uh, jewelry store is at 4532 California Southwest, near the junction. Find them online at menashejewelers.com and on Instagram at Menashe Jewelers. The experience is worth the trip to West Seattle. An alternative to everything else on your radio dial. Alternative Talk, 1150. All right, we're back with you on Drive Time Radio. Final segment as we get ready to uh, get out and uh, go for a walk and try not to uh, try to live life in this new strange world that we've been uh, given. By the way, I did a little investigating yesterday because I was hit with the thought as I was driving along about HEPA filters in cars and whether those filters will have any kind of bearing or any kind of effect in this, this strange new world that we live in. Is it better for you to keep your HEPA filter or your, your air cabin filter in your car cleaner? And the answer is yes. And I'll tell you why. It will not catch uh, the, um, the virus. It will not eradicate the coronavirus. But what it, what it does do is it takes allergens and particulates out of the air, enabling you to breathe cleaner and better air and not irritate your respiratory system. And if you irritate your respiratory system, chances of you um, doing something, uh, of getting some kind of inflammation or infection or so on and so forth becomes higher. So if you have one of these filters in your car, you're probably better off going to uh, 
your local filter repair place, uh, filter replacement place, whether that be, um, you know, one of the uh, different uh, pet boys or uh, auto parts places or whichever auto parts you go to, and having them replace that filter for you. And, again, touch it with, if you're going to do it yourself, make sure you use gloves when you take it out. Use gloves when you put it back in. Make sure you clean the box that the filter is in. Not the box it comes in, but the filter box that's inside the car. Make sure you you clean that box out. Don't run it with uh, the car running because you don't want to get any of that particulate inside the car if you can help it. And... Do all of it, you know, and clean that up. It's not an expensive proposition, and it'll probably give you, if nothing else, peace of mind, but it'll also give you an opportunity to um, feel better about uh, the air that's coming into uh, your car, the cleaner that air is. Usually they recommend that you change them every 15,000 miles or every year. I would probably at this point, Half that. I would change them probably every six months uh, and every 6,000 miles. Uh, I don't think they're that expensive, and I think it's uh, it's a way you can get some peace of mind uh, and certainly take a step toward not irritating your uh, system, your respiratory system. Uh, that's what these filters are designed for, what they're set up for for cleaning and, um, you know, keeping the air inside of your, um, your, your car, your cabin. And now we're talking about the inside air filter, not the air filter for the carburetor or the injection system, but the one that filters, this is mostly in newer cars, obviously, that filters the air that's coming into your cabin. If you go and you get that replaced, uh, you're probably going to do yourself a favor. All right, time now for the Drive Time Road Test. The Drive Time Radio Road Test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. All right, the Drive Time Radio Road Test this week takes us into the 2020 Honda Ridgeline, which is the Honda pickup truck built right here in America in Alabama. Um, you don't see too many of these out there, and I don't know why, if you are in the market for a compact pickup truck, if you're in the market for a smaller pickup truck, or more manageable pickup truck, one that isn't like one of these, you gotta feel like you're in convoy when you're driving it, breaker one nine, breaker one nine, we got us a convoy. No, 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 you don't have to, um... You don't have to feel like that with this. This is a refined, elegant, very um, uh, good-looking Honda Ridgeline pickup truck. The uh, From the outside, it has nice angled lines to it. It looks like a, a, almost a, a station wagon and somebody cut off the back, which is uh, you know, a, a lot of pickup trucks used to look like back in the old days. Um, what I really love about the Honda is they put some little tricks in here uh, that are really um, very user-friendly. Number one, they have the tailgate opens two ways. You can swing it down, you can swing it to the side. The side swinger becomes especially um, uh, useful when you have a, a picnic or something like that. There's a trunk, actual trunk space under the floor in the pickup bed that drains so you can load this space up with ice, put your picnic stuff in there, cover it up with more ice, close it, and use it as a cooler. If you're traveling, you can keep it dry, put your luggage in there and a small cooler, and it'll take you that distance. But you, uh, you have space in there where everything isn't exposed to the elements or exposed at all, and it locks the compartment. So it's just like having a regular trunk in a pickup truck. The spare tire is back there as well. So you got points for that alone. Then you have uh, lighting 
on the interior of the bed of the pickup truck. So if you're uh, in there at night or you're one of these people like me to go up to the country and you roll out your sleeping bag and you sleep in the back of the truck, you have that. And thirdly, you have a uh, speaker switch, an exterior audio switch, which you hit that thing and the Instead of having to crank your music up like crazy from inside the car, you hit that switch and there's audio speakers in the bed of the pickup truck. You hit that switch and those audio speakers come to life. So you don't have to blast the music all over the place. You can listen to it calmly from outside the truck on a nice summer night. And you don't have to drive your neighbors uh, somewhat crazy. It looks, as I said before, uh, like a big Honda, the old Accord. It's a very sharp-looking vehicle inside, four doors, great materials, maybe the most spacious cabin of any of the compact pickup trucks. It really hits the mark. Uh, Honda did everything they could on this interior to make it comfortable, and I am here to tell you, it is one of the most comfortable pickup truck interiors I've ever been. I had to actually spend uh, the night in it, uh, you know, pulled over on the side of the road because I couldn't drive anymore. I was getting sleepy. So I pulled over to a rest stop and and put the seat back and it was like, it was wide. You felt good in it. The materials were good. Uh, everything worked perfectly. There was enough power outlets in it. It really was well thought out, comfortable and great materials. Driving it, uh, V6 a little Honda six-cylinder, I should say, uh, that gets you anywhere you want to go about as fast as you want to go. Uh, it really um, had enough power, especially considering it's a 42, 4,500-pound uh, truck. That V6 uh, got you more uh, than the type of um, more than the type of power you needed in a truck like this. A 3.5-liter engine, 280 horsepower, solid gas mileage, 19 miles per gallon, well-designed, ride handling, among the best in this class that I've driven. I thought it was an excellent, um, excellent uh, vehicle. So, the Honda Ridgeline, $37,000 as tested, and that will do it for us, another edition in the books of Drive Time. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we will catch up with you next week at the same time if the Lord's willing, the creek don't rise, and the state of emergency says so. Have a good morning.